We would like to welcome you to our weekly broadcast of Harvest Worship Center's Sunday morning celebration service. We hope and pray that you will receive something from the Lord today. And we ask you to stay tuned at the end of the message for more information concerning our church. Again, thank you for joining us today. Through my thoughts on healing for the wounded heart, uh, in our heart failure series, but I, I, so I'm going to finish that up today. There's just a few thoughts that I feel like that I could not uh, abandon because I feel like this is something that if we're going to move to the next level in our walk with God, we got to deal with what's going on in our hearts. We have to. We have to deal with uh, maybe hidden pain uh, that is there, wounds that are there, that God can heal those wounds because if God doesn't heal the wounded heart, we're going to continue down a path that is going to lead us uh, to uh, emotional distress, physical distress, and even spiritual distress. And we need to understand that we can be saved and still have a wounded heart. We can be saved and still be hurting. And just because you're saved does not mean, you know, I, again, uh, we're, it's not the Band-Aid that fixes everything. It is knowing that God is with you through what life brings. Okay, because Jesus said, you know, I, you're going to go through stuff. He, he declared that. You're going to face things in this world. You're going to go through trials. You're going to go through difficult moments. But he says, don't lose heart. I'm with you. Don't, don't lose heart. Don't give up. Don't let your heart fail you. I'm with you. And what we need to realize a lot of times is who is with us. Because I think a lot of times when we think of Jesus, we get the image of the cross in our mind and we keep him on the cross. And my friends, he's not on the cross. He's not, he's not laying in a tomb. He is at the right hand of the majesty of heaven, but yet at the same time, he's here with us. I want you to know the Jesus that is coming back is not the Jesus of the gospel. It is the glorified Christ, the Son of the living God in his fullness and in his glory. You want to get a description of it, turn to Revelations and, and or the book of Revelation and read what John saw on the day of the Lord. He said, I heard a voice speak to me. It sounded like Jesus. So I turned to see who spoke to me. He said, but when I beheld him, I fell at his feet as if I was dead because the glory of the Lord was upon him. He said, he looked like the son of man, but I knew that it was, it was just a, a pale image of who he really was. And I was amazed at his glory. And, and you say, yeah, one day we'll see that. It may be sooner than you think. I, 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 it troubles me uh, that, that the individuals that kind of just dismiss what goes on in the nation of Israel and in the Middle East, you better be paying attention, my friend, what's going on because there's some Bible prophecies that are lining up that could be easily coming to pass with just a mere moment. Uh, if, you, if you're not watching, you, need to be, you say, oh, it's awful what's happening there. It's more than just awful. It's biblical. And you need to pay attention to the signs of the times. You need to be paying attention to what's going on. So in other words, I'm going to just throw this out here before we ever get started. Something really lightweight. It's not. You should catch my sarcasm in this. Um, Jesus is coming. You better be ready. Jesus is coming. You better be ready. Now I'm going to go a little bit further. You better be ready because you're not guaranteed the next breath in this room. 
you're not guaranteed the next heartbeat in this room. So a lot of people think when you say Jesus is coming, you're talking about just the rapture. I believe that's going to take place. I do. I, I, I believe sooner than we think. But I also know that for me or for you, he can come in a moment. And we better be ready. We better be ready to, to face him. So we need to deal with the things that are hindering us from being who God wants us to be. And that is dealing with our heart. We need to deal with the conditioner because if we're not careful, our heart will deceive us, it will wreck us, and it will think us, it will, it, because it's wounded, will convince. The Bible says the heart is desperately wicked and deceitful above all things. It will deceive you, and it will keep you from realizing that you're favored by God. You're loved by God. It, it, it will tell you you're not because of what your wounds are. And I want you to know Jesus came to bind up the wounds of the brokenhearted today. He came to heal those who are in need of healing, body, mind, and spirit. So last week, we got into what it means, sir, Jehovah Rapha, which is in the midst of our bitterness and hurt, God reveals himself as the healer. That He, he got those names not just by, by random choice. It happened when he performed great things in the midst of his people, and they would refer to him by what he did, the attribute that he had displayed among them. And in this particular time, he, would, he had displayed healing, and it is Jehovah Rapha, which is to restore, to heal, to cure physically, emotionally, and spiritually. We are in need of the healing of Jehovah Rapha. That's what we talked about last week. Now, we're not going to focus a lot on last week's sermon. Uh, you can go back and watch that if you weren't here. But but Rapha is uh, used some 60 times in the Old Testament to mean restoring, to heal, and to cure. And it did not just mean one area of us, but all of us emotionally, physically, and spiritually. Look at somebody beside you and say, God wants you to be a whole person. Amen. He wants you to be complete. He wants you to be whole. And I'm going to just give you a little side sermon today. This is for all the single ladies. Amen. In the house. Listen to me. Uh, God wants you to be whole before you ever get with somebody else. He wants you to know who you are in Christ. He wants you to be secure with who you are in him as a son and a daughter. Don't find your identity in somebody else. You'll get wrecked. Don't find your identity. If you identify, uh, you know, oh, without them, I'll fall apart. You're going to be a wreck the rest of your life because if you're basing your happiness and joy off another person, guess what? We all broken in this world. Amen. Amen. So he says, yeah, that's right. I need somebody so it'll be 50-50 in life. Any married people in the house say, ain't no such thing as 50-50. Sometimes it's 100 nothing. Amen. In my case, it's 110. I'm just kidding. She knew that. I got her that time. Y'all hear? Usually she's just silent, but she got, I got her on that one. Anyway, I'm picking at her, picking at her. She knows I love her. Most of the time she's carrying me. I thank God for that. But you better find somebody who knows how to pray. Better find somebody that knows how. I, I don't know why I'm on this, but I'm gonna get on it a minute. Listen to me this morning. I, when I when I received my call to preach, all I ever heard was, "You need to get you a piano player. You need to get you a singer. You need to get you." That's what I heard, and, I, and my reply was, "No, I need to get somebody that knows how to seek the face of God." And that, the rest of that's bonus, but there's a praying lady over there, and I thank God for her every day that she prays for me, and she prays for you. Amen? I thank God for that because that's the after. If, if the singing and the piano playing went away, I'm good with that if that's what it has to be because I can, as long as I got a seeker of the Father, that's what I need in my life. You need a seeker of the Father in your life. You need somebody that will intercede on your behalf. You need somebody that will pray for you. Amen? All the married people say amen in the house. 
Amen. You need somebody that will seek God and share the, the walk of Christ with you. That's free. Let's move on to the topic. You need the healer in your life. You will never be complete trying to find your happiness in work or in a job or, or in a career or uh, uh, success will bring shallow, empty happiness and peace. Money will bring shallow and empty happiness in your life. But I'm going to tell you what brings true fulfillment in your life is knowing your true identity and who you are in Christ Jesus. Our world is in an identity crisis. Uh, there, it is, it is just it's troublesome to me. People don't know who they are today. I want you to understand something. You are created and loved by God. And listen, the world will distort that image. Satan will distort who you are. And he will say, if you identify like this, you'll be happy. I got news for you. The only way you're going to be happy was when you embrace who God made you to be as a son and a daughter of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Find a relationship with him. He is Jehovah Rapha. He is the healer. He brings completeness. He is our everything. Amen. That's why he declared himself the, I'm going to preach whether you're dead today or not. He says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. See, I'm a little bit free because they wouldn't let me move side to side because they said you go dark on the broadcast. No more darkness in this room. Amen. So I'm going to preach this morning. God wants you to understand the freedom of the Spirit of God in your life. I'm telling you this morning, God wants to set us free. I wonder if anybody wants freedom in this house. Will you just praise God for a minute? Will you just lift him up for a minute? Oh, I think you can do better than that. He is Jehovah Rapha, the healer. Why would people want to be involved in a church with dead people? Lifeless people. Hey, man, you ever met those people? Dead and lifeless? Oh, but they on their way to heaven. They just ain't happy about it. <laughs> well, it seems that way. We put so much confidence in the temporary. When God says, this life is a vapor of smoke. This life. It's not the only life. Who's thankful that there's life after this life? Oh, my goodness. You see, when Jesus spoke of heaven, I think his eyes danced with joy. When he spoke of the life to come, he's like, you don't even realize. Some of you people in this room, you like that show, The Walking Dead. Well, you, know, you don't amen that. Lord, have mercy. Somebody lay hands on that person. Pray for him, right? But you realize that's the world we're living in today? It's people that are trying to find joy in the moment, but they're dead and lifeless. The church should be a place where life is discovered. And you say, yes, if we could just get them here, you're the church. People should see life in you. Why did Jesus say, you are the salt of the earth. If the salt has lost its savor, he says it's no more good but to be thrown out into the road and be trampled on. I, I didn't understand that fully, but the salt that he is talking about was used to salt the roads in order to kill the weeds. But it was not good for putting on your food. It, was, it was, had too many harsh minerals in it. It was not refined enough to be used on a table. And he's saying, if, that's, if you become useless to the master's table, you're no good to, to be thrown out and used to salt the roads to kill the weeds. That's what he was saying. 
But I want you to understand what he called you and I to be. He called us to flavor this world with his presence, to flavor our, 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 the relationships we have with the presence of God. I want you to know you and I should be bringing the life to the party instead of looking for the party to bring life to us. We should be coming into a place and saying, look, you don't understand. I have hope in Jesus. You say, how can you be so, so full of hope when the world is in such bad condition and, and everything that's going on and, 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 and all the sadness in the world. I'm going to tell you how I have hope. I have hope not in man. I don't have hope in the White House. I don't have hope in our government. I have hope in the King of Kings that's coming back soon. I have hope in the one who gave me everything so that I might gain everything. I have hope in him and him alone. He is our source and our strength. Hearts are broken through sorrow a lot of times. They're broken through not even our own, uh, uh, our, our own choosing. Sometimes we choose bad things and it brings sorrow to us. Sometimes it's dealt to us. A wounded heart occurs when someone or something brings hurt or to, our, to us emotionally. Hearts are broken through sorrow. Hearts are broken through disappointment, bereavement. Hearts are broken through tens of thousands of different ways because this is a heartbreaking world. It is. It's a rough world. Any parent in this room knows our desire to shield our children as much as we can from the world. But our, our, our efforts will eventually be in vain. You can't shield them forever. You better teach them to exist in this world with Jesus. Amen. What are the symptoms of a broken heart? It is sometimes displays itself in physical ways, nervous disorders, stomach problems, headaches, insomnia. Sometimes it displays itself, according to Proverbs 18, 14, a man's spirit will endure sickness, but a crushed spirit, who can bear? It, it comes through depression, fits of anger or rage, confusion, various fears, paranoia, and anxiety. Spiritual problems come. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. All we all always carry around in our bodies the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our bodies, 2 Corinthians 4, 8 through 10. And the opposite of these happen when we have a broken heart. We have nightmares, hear voices telling us in our head that we're, that we're no good and that we're useless, that God doesn't love us, that God had ab abandoned us, that God is the source of our pain. Oh, help me with this one. Some of us, we got to quit blaming God for everything bad that goes on in our lives. Because God didn't bring anything bad into your life. He could have stopped it. I got news for you. He could have stopped Calvary. But aren't you thankful he didn't? Yes. He could have stopped Calvary. He could have said, I'm not going to let you kill my son. But he didn't for you and for me. Amen. If my son was, our daughter was going to be suffering and dying and I had the power to stop it, you don't think I would? I got news for you. I love you, but I'd stop it. Amen? How many of you would stop it if you could for someone you love? Jesus died on the cross, and his father didn't stop it because he loved us even though he could. In other words, we need to understand that if we're not careful, we will abandon our hope in Christ by blaming God for everything wrong in this world. Now, that brings me to where we were last week. Protecting the wounds. Some ways people respond to wounded hearts. They stand back in anger, bitterness, hate, and fear. In other words, I've been hurt once. I'll be hurt again. 
You ever say that to yourself? I was hurt once. I won't be hurt again. So we stand back in fear and anger and bitterness and hate and fear. We, I, I, I'm not going to let you get that close to me because I'm afraid you're going to hurt me. We strike back. That's an, uh, we get angry and vengeful. I'm going to tell you, I don't care how much your pet loves you, but if, you, if your pet's ever hurt or wounded, you better, you better approach them with caution. Because a wounded animal will strike back. A wounded animal will lash out. Guess what? You and I, if we're not careful, we'll allow human nature is to strike back. I'm going to pay them back for what they did to me. Anybody ever said that? I get you back. If you grew up with siblings, you said that. Amen. I had a brother and two sisters, and my sister one day, she, she beat me up. She's older than me, and I looked at her because I was little and scrawny at that time. Not little and scrawny anymore, but I was then. I pointed at her and said, one day I'm going to grow up, and I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you. And I did. <laughs> Forgive me, Vanessa. What are you saying, Pastor? If we're not careful with our angerness and our, our, we'll, we'll seek revenge. You will spend the rest of your life, if you're not careful, on a vengeful quest that will lead you to nowhere. You'll be seeking revenge, and it will lead you to nowhere. A vengeful heart leads to a meaningless existence. Another way we protect ourselves is sharing it. We, we share the same story of hurt with anyone that will hear it over and over and over and over again. If you're sharing the same story of your hurt and not your hurt and how God healed it, then you're still hurting. Oh, you're getting quiet on me. You just don't know what they did to me. And you're not sharing, but God gave me grace to get through it, and I was able to forgive them, and God can help. If you don't have that hope attached to the end, then you're still wounded. It's a symptom of your woundedness and if you're still sharing that same story over and over again. Suffering it. <laughs> in other words, are stifling it. I'm going to be in denial. It leads to depression and causes suppressed anger. Even if we do not do have hidden hurts and, and, and secret sorrows, so what? Why, you know, that's life, and I'm just not going to share it with nobody. Eventually, what we put, bury in our, our heart will come out. What we bury in our life will come out. Let me give you a physical illustration of this. If you eat McDonald's cheeseburgers every day for 10 years, don't be surprised when you're laying on a table getting a heart cath. Come on. Don't be surprised when they're saying, well, we think you got some blockages in your heart. Because guess what? If you do those things, it's going to bring about a result. Our pain can still produce all kinds of destructive emotions and behaviors and anger and rage and depression and emotional numbness. Well, that's when it gets us. We become emotionally numb to everything around us. We, I'm going to tell you what we need. There are some people, it doesn't matter how much you beg or plead for them to get close to God or open up to God and let him do the work. Unless the Holy Spirit does spiritual surgery, they are numb to what, what God is doing. We need God to make us sensitive to his spirit once again to take away the numbness in our life. 
This can result in material conflicts and, and, and alcoholism and drug addiction and, and, and rage. It can, if we don't treat what's wrong. Listen to me, church. I'm telling you something serious today. If we don't treat our woundedness, it will destroy us and those that we love around us. We need to deal what's in our life. I, I'll just ignore it and it'll go away. No, it won't. It will become an open door for evil spirits to plague you and torture you in your mind and in your heart. We, I'm going to tell you, the Bible says be angry and sin not. We hit that last week. Not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. We need to realize that the enemy is seeking an opportunity and suppressed anger and wounded hearts become open doors for the enemy to have opportunity. Opportunity in our lives. Opportunity. Peter said, 1 Peter 5 and 8, Peter said, be sober-minded and be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He wants to destroy you. The healing path, our, uh, 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 our part, what do we do to get forgiveness and go on and, and find God's healing in our lives? One way is we learn to let go of some things. Who is the real enemy? Release the person. In other words, we got to quit. Uh, uh, we we, we got to learn to forgive. We talked about that last week so that we're releasing ourselves. Amen. And we got to stop and we got to begin to pray. Forgiveness is about moving on. Amen. Not moving towards what hurt us, but moving away from it. Moving on. Amen. It's time for me to move on. Anybody ever been in that place? It's just time for me to move on. It's time for me to find a different scenery for my life because this is not working. In other words, the parable of forgiveness is shared in Matthew. This is how our Heavenly Father will treat each of us unless we learn to forgive. You remember the parable of the talents found in Matthew? He gave a talent, or the parable of the debt, excuse me. The debtor owed a very small debt, and he went and he said, I can't pay it to the man he owed it to. And the man that he owed it to said, you know what, I'll forgive you that debt. And so then he went to, or he had a great debt, excuse me, that he owed. And the man forgave this great debt that this man owed, but the man that was forgiven went to a guy who owed him just a small amount out and when he couldn't pay it he put him and tortured him and had him beaten and put in prison and got back to the one who had forgiven the great debt and said if you can't show forgiveness when you've been given forgiveness then guess what I'm going to do the same to you and he put him in prison and he was taught Jesus used this parable to represent what we ought to do I don't know about you but when I found Jesus he forgave me of a lot of things he washed them in the blood and he said I don't remember them anymore who am I to hold it against somebody else and say, now I'm not going to forgive you. That's what Jesus was pointing out. He's saying, how can we continue to have unforgiveness in our life when we have been blessed with in endless forgiveness? Think about that. How many times have you been forgiven by Jesus in your life? Anybody? One time, that's all it took. Really? Good for you. I'm about, I, I think I'm pushing on a million by now. <laughs> yeah. Every other, every other day. <laughs> Seriously, think about that. Let me ask you something. If we had a big banquet spread in this room right now, all kinds of food and all kinds of things for us to eat, and you have eaten well all week, you would come and eat, and you might use the term, oh, good, I'm starving. But you take somebody that hasn't eaten all week and let them come to the table, who do you think is going to be more thankful? Who do you think is going to be more appreciative? The one that's had nothing and has now found something. 
I want you to understand something this morning. The church has got to learn this principle if we're going to reach a lost and dying world. We've got to learn to forgive and release people. Forgive and release people. In other words, look, that doesn't mean they might, not, they might never be your bosom buddy and best friend again, but you can be free and they can be free. Amen? I'm not going to hold that anymore. I remember somebody had a problem with me years ago. I know it's hard to believe somebody had a problem with me, but um, that's a joke. But uh, I ran into them, and they were talking to me about stuff in their family, and I looked at them, and I said, I need you to understand something. I love you. They didn't know what to do with that. But I'm going to tell you something. My wife is my witness. It took me a lot of years to get to the place where I could say that. And I meant every word of it. It threw them off. They didn't know what to say. Um, Well, well, I I love you too. I said, you don't even have to say it back because it's not going to change the fact that I love you. What was I saying? I refuse to be bound by this hurt anymore. I refuse to let this wound remain open. I refuse to feel like it's been healed because I've suppressed it, but every time I see that person, it reopens it. I forgive you. I love you. There's power in that. There's freedom in that. Listen to me, church. Some of us, God's ready to free if we will deal with the wounded heart. I'm talking to somebody in this room this morning. I don't know who and somebody online. Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals our inner wounds. Psalms 34, 18 says, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are a crushed spirit. Psalms 147, 1-3, Praise the Lord, for it is good to sing praises to our God, for it is pleasant, and, I, and a, a song of praise is fitting. The Lord builds up Jerusalem. He gathers the outcast of Jerusalem, and he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Aren't you thankful for that this morning? We see the Lord doing three different things here, the outcast. Do you realize God is looking for those who are wounded this morning? He's looking for those who feel like they're an outcast this morning. There are people that will not even come to a church because they got church hurt so many years ago that the wounds run so deep that they have summed up every church as bad. I got news for you. I like what Craig Groeschel says. If you find a perfect church, don't join it. You'll mess it up. There's no such thing because churches contain people and people are broken and people are messed up. Amen. I want you to do me a favor. This is how you're going to help me preach this this morning. I want you to turn to your neighbor and look him in the eye this morning. We do that. And if you don't have a neighbor, you can turn to the next neighbor in just a moment. Now, I want you to say these words to him. You messed up. <laughs> now, I want you to look at those same people and I want you to say, but there's hope. There's healing. Come on, tell them. There's healing. There's healing this morning in Jesus. So he gathers the outcasts. He's looking for wounded people. Number two, he heals the broken hearts. Oh, my goodness. I don't know about you, but how many has ever had Jesus heal their broken heart? Oh, my God. If you have, come on, give him some praise. Some of us, we've had Jesus heal our broken heart. I know I've watched and witnessed that in so many through the years. But then there's a separate part of that, and he binds up the wounds. There's a song I used to sing back when I would do specials. 
and it would go. Oh, come let us pour the oil. Let us cover them in a blanket of God's love. Let us minister healing to them. He binds up the wounds. Amen? He binds up the wounds. You know, a lot of times we don't realize, but we have to heal from the inside out. Sometimes the healing starts at the altar, but it takes time for the wound to heal. And he binds up the wound. In other words, he's saying, I'm going to keep it from being infected anymore. I've started the healing process, so now I'm going to close the wound so that it can heal properly without getting infected anymore. Some of us, we have been healed, but we need Jesus to close the wound. Do you hear me? Because if he doesn't close the wound in our life, it'll get reopened a lot of times by the things of this world. We need Jesus to do a work in us. Healing for the wounded heart. He only can do it. He is the only one that can accomplish it. He heals the broken in heart and binds up their wounds. Jehovah Rapha. And if, if you want to know who Jehovah Rapha really is, look at Luke 4 verses 17 through 19. Let's read this. And he handed the book of the prophet Isaiah, or was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah, and when he had opened the book, this is speaking of Jesus, he found the place where it was written, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. This is Jesus. Come on, listen to what he's saying about himself. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. In other words, he has placed his anointing upon my life. He's poured a special purpose into me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the broken heart. Amen. To proclaim to the captives and to recover the sight of the blind. Aren't you thankful? To set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Jesus read these verses in Isaiah declaring to the, to the people in the town of Nazareth who is standing among you is the one that Isaiah wrote about. And if you do a little research, you'll find out that was Isaiah was writing about Jehovah. Rapha. He's saying Jehovah Rapha is here and his name is Jesus. He is the healer and he is in the room. I wonder if anybody needs healing in their life this morning. Whether you are broken in your heart or wounded, God is able to do amazing things if you'll bring it to Jesus. If you'll bring it to the Lord. Because he wants you to be whole, not broken. He wants you to be healed. He wants your heart to beat strong in his love. Amen? We have a physical heartbeat. Do you realize we got a spiritual one too? How strong is your spiritual pulse? How strong is your spiritual heartbeat? If we're not careful, we'll allow some things to come in and destroy us. We won't treat our hearts good, and it will come back to haunt us. Amen? If we're not careful, we'll allow spiritual heart disease to creep in. How do we do that? By not eating the right things? Just like you eat the wrong things physically, and it has a spiritual, I mean a physical result, you can eat the wrong things spiritually, and it affects your heart spiritually. You hear what I'm saying? There comes a time, I've, I've shared with you before, I like all kinds of music, and I am not promising you that you're always going to hear a praise and worship session when my truck goes by. Sometimes you're going to hear a little Bon Jovi or Def Leppard or 
something like that. But when I'm walking through some things, I adjust what I'm intaking. Do you hear me? The other day, me and Steve, I think it was, we were working on something. Anyway, some super tramp came on. I said, that's Meredith's group right there now. He said, Meredith likes super tramp? I said, he sure does. But I guarantee you, when he's walking through things spiritually, that's not what's playing. He's feeding himself what the spiritual man, the spiritual heart needs. Listen to me, folks. You want a strong spiritual heart, you got to have a strong spiritual diet. Amen. I, I, I told you I'll be as transparent and honest with you as I can. The Lord got on me the day because I was walking to the church, and he said, once again, you're starting to read the Bible just to get a sermon or a lesson. You need to back up and just read the Word to read the Word. That's what he spoke to me on the way over here this morning. And I was like, Lord, I read your Bible. He said, I ain't talking about reading the Bible because when you've been doing it lately, it's been to get a sermon ready or it's been to get a series prepared or to get a lesson ready. He said, I want you just to read my word so it can nourish your heart. And sometimes we need a fresh transfusion of God's love and hope. His Holy Spirit pulsing through us. Amen? Will you stand? I felt like I needed to finish. We would like to thank you for joining us for our weekly podcast. We pray that you receive something from the Lord today. Please share your prayer requests and testimonies with us by emailing us at tryonhwc at gmail.com. If you would like more information concerning Harvest Worship Center, you can visit our website at tryonhwc.com. We would love for you to visit us in person sometime. Our services are held at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. every Sunday. Children's worship is during our 11 a.m. service. If you would like to give to the ministries of Harvest Worship Center, you can also do this by clicking the Giving tab online. Once again, we would like to thank you for joining us today, and we pray you have a blessed week.